Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Hey, it's another edition of Sal Sports Live, also the Sal Sports and Stuff podcast. Thanks a lot if you're joining me on the live show right now. On my stream over Twitter at Sal Sports, Facebook Sal Sports, and on my YouTube channel. That's Coach Sal C. I've never changed it from many years ago, so that's okay. We'll just keep it that way, but that's how we watch and that's how we listen here on every Thursday night at 7.30. And then, of course, if you're listening on the podcast because the audio gets turned right around into the podcast, and that's what we do every week to give you a preview of the upcoming Buffalo Bills game. So thanks for joining me live. It is a a monster edition uh, of the program because we had a lot to talk about in this short half hour. And that is, of course, the Bills and the Patriots getting rolling in Orchard Park Sunday at 1 p.m. And here, as this sideline reporter will tell you, the wind is going to be crazy. The weather is going to be outrageous. I hate it from that standpoint, but of course, I'd still rather be down there and broadcasting the game as part of the Bills radio network than not doing that. But it's going to be gusts of wind, possibly over 40 miles an hour, a constant wind of 20 to 25 miles an hour, Rain is in the forecast, snow after the game, and then, of course, Saturday's going to be fine, and Monday's going to be fine, but it's all going to be about Sunday, and it's all going to be about horrible weather for the Bills and the Patriots. What does that mean? Both these teams are going to have to have their big boy pants on to play big boy football. A run game is going to be a huge, huge advantage if you can get it going against either team. And I think the Patriots have really done a good job of their power run game this year that I think they're going to go right at the Bills. I would not be surprised if the New England Patriots run the ball 50 times against the Bills on Sunday, especially without Julian Edelman, who just had surgery today, and possibly without Enkeel Harry, who is in concussion protocol. So we're going to talk about all of that with my first guest in just a minute. Evan Lazar will bring him on from over in Boston. But then Josh Reed from Channel 4 here in Buffalo, WIVB Sports Director on the CBS affiliate. Also from Buffalo Kickoff Live, which you see me on every Sunday on the pregame. Uh, we're going to talk about the Bills and get to a little bit about his brownies. He's a Browns fan. He grew up in Cleveland, so that's okay. But we're going to talk Bills Patriots, get in-depth about the NFL. So we'll do all of that here tonight. We don't have a lot of time to do it. So let's not waste any time, and let's bring in Evan Lazar. Evan, I hope I'm saying your name right. I think I am, but let me know. You, about it. you got it. You right. it. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. All right, Evan, so um, let's get into this so far. Um, Evan Lazar joining me, by the way. He is uh, the Patriots Beat Podcast. You can see it right there. You can follow him on Twitter, at EZ. Lazar. Let's talk about the injuries. That is the uh, first and foremost news. And of course, the news came down today about Julian Edelman and his knee surgery. Um, what's going on there? Yeah, so Edelman's been dealing with this knee issue that is described as bone on bone at this point. And I would think that for the rest of his football career is going to be something that he's going to have to deal with year in and year out. And I think the biggest thing with Edelman's injury is that you know, maybe over the last couple of games, it definitely hasn't been the same Julian Edelman that Bills fans and Patriots fans are used to seeing. So they've actually 
kind of taken aback a, a lot of the reins there with Edelman. He's only playing about 60% of the snaps this year, which is obviously way down because he's dealing with this knee issue. And over the last few games, Jacoby Myers, their undrafted rookie wide receiver that they picked up last year is starting to play a little bit more in the slot each week as he takes that load off of Edelman. So this is a kind of been in the making. Everybody up here has been kind of scratching their heads, you know, what's wrong with Julian Edelman. And, and this news came down today and it kind of made sense. And what about Enkeel Harry now? I mean, he's been in concussion protocol for a couple of days, two missed practices. That's not trending in the right direction. It is not. And if you don't practice on Friday in New England or by Friday in New England, you hardly ever play in the game on Sunday because you're not in the game plan. So it's a long shot for Nikhil Harry to play in this game if he's not out there at practice tomorrow. I was told they're taking it day by day with him. He's in concussion protocol and he does have a little bit of a history of concussions in his preteens, early teens from middle school to high school that actually caused him to quit football for a few years all the way back then. Now it hasn't been an issue recently so i'm not sure how much i'm not a doctor so i don't know if if that really plays a factor 10 years later but we're still in that concussion protocol right now with Nikhil harry and I, I i would say it's not looking good you know the bills have a similar situation with micah hyde he was involved in a really serious collision uh, a big time hit against brashard perryman on sunday now he's been yeah. in concussion protocol this week he hasn't been out there i don't know how much the safeties are going to factor in this game because of the weather to be quite honest but i do know that stefan gilmore is a big part of the defense and there's been a lot of talk about stefan gilmore surrounding him this week trade rumors and things like that reportedly put his house on the market i even saw something where in the listing it said all all offers have to be in by 5 p.m., which is pretty incredible. That's the trade deadline. Suddenly, he appears on the injury report today as limited with a knee. Can we read into anything on either side, like Stefan saying, hey, ba- I'm going to back off here, or even the Patriots maybe wanting to do that to make sure they keep his market value up? Yeah, you know, earlier on this season back in training camp, there was some contract disputes between the Patriots and Stephon Gilmore that ended up with that advance in money. Uh, you can call it a raise, you can call it an advance, whatever. But is his dollar a little bit in the market, in the cornerback market? Stephon Gilmore, when he was negotiating that little ploy with the Patriots, actually skipped a couple of training camp practices early on, you know, non-voluntary workouts, like, play, you know, things that you have to be at. And he played his cards and he was able to get the money out of Bill. So then when it popped up today with the knee injury, you know, it does make you think a little bit back to that time when Gilmore did set out a few practices as sort of, I wouldn't call it a holdout, but, you know, a mini holdout. And you wonder if this knee issue is something about his name being in trade rumors or whatever you don't ever want to think of guys making up an injury or anything like that, but it's not out of the realm of possibility given what we've seen here so far this year out of Gilmore, where these two sides clearly sound like they're heading for a divorce, whether it's at this deadline or next off season, but it's going to be before Gilmore's contract is up in new England. And what about from the Patriots side? Is it possible they want to preserve his market value and don't want to put him on the field? So maybe they would be the ones that back off here. It's definitely possible. You know, they last I had heard it was maybe like a second and a fifth. And I know Albert Beer reported that as well someplace else. You know, a second and a fifth for Gilmore is about the asking price or about the market. They used that uh, deal um, with the Lions and uh, Darius Slay in Philadelphia as sort of a barometer of what exactly that deal might look like. And uh, that's what the Patriots are, are kind of looking for right now out of Gilmore. And if they can get somebody to bite it, it sounds like he will be on the move. All right, we're talking with Evan Lazar, by the way. You can see his Twitter handle there. You can follow him there, Patriots Beat Podcast. Uh, Evan comes to us from CLNS Media over in the New England area. 
Talking Patriots, Bills, and Cam Newton and Josh Allen, of course, a storyline in this game for different reasons. Josh playing an MVP-type level for four weeks has kind of regressed, but I don't think he's played all that badly compared to what some people are telling you he's played, just looking at the stats and box score. But let's talk about Cam Newton from your side because he clearly has had his struggles the last couple of weeks, Evan. What's going on there? It's so disappointing because he was off to such a great start. And at this point, Cam Newton, I think we can safely say, is pretty much broken mechanically. His footwork, uh, the way that he's throwing the football, the way that he's stepping into his throws is all off. And his shoulders are starting to fly up again and just do things that the Patriots really tried to drill out of him. Even Carolina over the last couple of years after the shoulder injuries, they've really tried to drill out of him those types of uh, poor mechanics that put all the stress on his arm and on his shoulder to make those throws. And unfortunately, due to the layoff when he uh, contracted the coronavirus, his mechanics regressed all the way back to what they were before and all that buildup and all that work and now that foundation that McDaniels and quarterbacks coach Jed Fish laid over the last you know couple of months just kind of disappeared and evaporated. And now he's got, kind of got the yips like a golfer. You know, he's just broken, uh, especially his lower body. So. I think this week for the Patriots, you know, a lot of weeks they kind of morph their game plan to the opponent and they do things that the Bills might not be necessarily good at defending based off the tape. But I feel like this week, if they are able to pass the ball at all in this weather, that they need to get back to what Cam Newton does well and focus inward on themselves and kind of what can we execute and what are we good at as a passing offense rather than worrying about what kind of coverages Buffalo is playing or, or whatever the case may be. And on that note, as I said to open the show, I would not be surprised if the New England Patriots run the ball 50 times against the Bills. I think the Chiefs ran about 40-something times because the Bills were daring them to. So in this case, it might just be because this is what they figure their best game plan is to beat the Buffalo Bills. So let's say they do that. Um, What about the offensive line? No, they've had some injuries here or there, some guys shuffled in and out. How equipped is this offensive line to really bully bully the Buffalo Bills if they want to? Yeah, well, this offensive line is as healthy as it's been in a couple of weeks, but the interior three is really the rock of the entire Patriots offense. They're the tone setters. Uh, David Andrews at center, Joe Tooney at left guard, and Shaq Mason at right guard. Three guys that Tooney's on the franchise tag. Mason and Andrews are both on their second contracts in New England. That's kind of the heart and soul of the Patriots right there is those three. So they're back intact. with the Really big for the Patriots. Uh, rookie right tackle Micah Onwenu, who's about 340 pounds of a bulldozing run blocker on the right side next to Mason. Those two guys really work together in tandem extremely well because both of them can really run block and then left tackle Isaiah wins obviously a first round pick former Georgia guy they're really good up front when they're healthy and when they're whole and everybody's sort of clicking and and where they're supposed to be on that line and they got it all the way back last week but that game just was a disaster for New England from the start so hopefully this week they can get back to that sort of week one uh, we call it bully ball up here where they're just you know kind of running it 45 times a game and cam right down your throat some of the time as well and and that's been really effective for them when they can get into that sort of game. Well, that's exactly what Todd asked. As you can see on your screen, Evan, do you see them running Newton more than usual in this game? I think that they have to because, honestly, the season's on the line in this game. If, if they drop to 2-5 and five and they lose another one in the division or lose their first one but want the Buffalo in the division, then I don't know if they're going to come back in the AFCs as any sort of realistic expectation for the team. So Newton ran the ball 14 times in week one. He's run it nowhere near as much as since. The teams have adapted a little bit to some of the things that they were doing schematically to involve Cam as a runner, and I think some of that has led the Patriots away from those types 
types of things. But again, like I said about their passing game, I truly feel like this week is, you know, what is Cam Newton good at? We, we don't have Tom Brady anymore, so we can't be, you know, spread five out and, and have him read the field one, two, three, and get the ball out quickly. That's not really their offense anymore. It can't be their offense. So they're going to have to run Cam more. They're going to have to run the ball at will in this game to be able to keep this game close. Evan Lazar joining us, Bills, Patriots. It'll be a uh, windy, rainy day Sunday in Orchard Park. Let's move on to the state of the franchise. Actually, before I do that, I do have a question about the defense. One thing that's been coming up that I've noticed as well, just seems like they're slower than what I'm used to to watch New England. Um, it looked like the Niners got the edge on them, maybe in coverage or linebackers, and I, I know they've been decimated by opt-outs, injuries, things like that. Is that what you're seeing as well? Or are they just not the same defense as far as the speed and able to get to the edge and cover? Well, the only way that they can put speed on the field is if they put more defensive backs on the field. So what they've been doing recently, especially this year in certain matchups, and this is, I think, probably where this game is going to be won or lost is if Brian Dable goes a little bit heavier in this game with maybe two tight ends or something like that to get the Patriots out of their dime defense. When the Patriots are in dime with six DBs on the field, they put Adrian Phillips in the box. They put rookie Kyle Duggar in the box sometimes at linebacker spots and they're able to flow to the ball and play great coverage and really be a good defense. What San Francisco did was they put a fullback use check, obviously on the field and the Patriots had to adapt and go to base defense. And that's when you get Jawan Bentley and Anthony Jennings and some of their weaker linebackers in the mix. And that's what the Niners did. They ran short passes and jet motions and everything behind the line of scrimmage that they could think of at those Patriots linebackers. And they just couldn't cover sideline to sideline. Evan, let's talk about the state of the franchise because obviously they're in transition. We all know that. We all see that. And I've been trying to explain to people all week that uh, this game is much different from the Bills' side than the Patriots' side. In fact, so much that Patriots fans don't understand what this game means to Bills fans. Over 20 years of the domination that this team has had over us here in Western New York and to be able to maybe beat them and to possibly push them down to where they would be in the standings and the Bills up and then maybe a path to the AFC East for the first time in 1995 – it's not about one game, but it's about what this one game might represent for the two organizations. Where do you see the organization as far as their state of going up or going down? How much does this game maybe impact what they do with that? And then even like long term, like what, what is the state of the organization and where they are right now? I think the Patriots are in rebuild mode at this point. And even if they win this game on Sunday, I'm concerned personally that it's a little bit of fool's gold. You know, they, they're going to beat Buffalo. They're going to think they're back in the mix and maybe they don't trade Gilmore. or Maybe they don't move on some from some veteran players. They have cap space next year and they already have a good amount of picks. If the move or two, some of the other and sell off some pieces. Bill Belichick's going to have a war chest of assets next offseason to rebuild this team. So, yeah, it might lead to a bad season this year in New England, but at least, you know, for the future, they'll be built up and hope if they do have a bad year, maybe they have a high pick where they can draft a quarterback or something like that. So this is a much different – I'm sure you're kind of shocked a lot of people listening to me say that the Patriots might pick in the top ten and they could actually be rebuilding. But I feel like at this point that might actually be the best ad for this because they have more than – Everybody make about the wide receivers and the weapons. They have more holes than just that. They, they need help in the front seven on defense. They need weapons at wide receiver. They really don't know what the future holds at quarterback. It, it's definitely an up-in-the-air situation right now. How are the fans handling everything? Because literally, they've been living in football utopia for 20 years. It's just not normal. The, the, it's not normal to have the success that the New England Patriots have had. And yeah. obviously, with the 
Bruins' success and the Celtics' success and the Red Sox' success for the better part of 20 years, they've been pretty spoiled over there in Boston. You know, Obviously, we don't, haven't gone through that in Buffalo. We went through the Super Bowl years. We went through the run. And I will tell you, Evan, as someone who went through all of that, it was really hard for people to even let go. Even though it was four Super Bowl losses, it was very hard for people to understand that the Kelly, Thurman, Andre, Bruce era was over when it was finally over. How are the fans handling it? Not well. I mean, they put it point, you know, blankly because honestly, I think it's twofold. One of it is what's going on down in Tampa Bay right now is just I can tell eating Patriots fans out from the inside. Not only Brady, but also Gronk is starting to kind of look like the old Gronk a little bit too. So you have both of those guys starting to play really well for Tampa, and you're thinking, you know, why aren't they still here doing that for the Patriots? And secondly, I think Bill Belichick's failures in recent years to draft talent at the skill positions in particular. Uh, Nikhil Harry has taken a ton of heat. Belichick has taken a ton of heat for not being able to add skill players and add wide receiver help and tight end help specifically. So if it wasn't Bill Belichick and he didn't have six Super Bowl rings on, he would be on the hot seat here in Boston. Amazing, amazing stuff. Uh, Evan, really good job. Uh, thank you for doing this. Uh, I like following you on Twitter. I just did. I've, I've seen your stuff around, but finally hit that follow button for once and everybody else should do the same thing. Easy. L-A-Z-A-R, that's Evan Lazar. Uh, enjoy the game in the uh, comfort of warmth, I guess, because um, I'm going to have to be bundled up there down in the moat, but you know it's going to be a fun game on Sunday. Really, thank you for doing this. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. I've been a fan for a long time, so it meant a lot. Thank you, Evan. I appreciate that a lot, and uh, enjoy the rest of your weekend. You too. Okay, that is Evan Lazar joining us here on the South Sports and Stuff podcast. We're going to go right to Josh Reed, Channel 4, WIVB. Sports director here in Buffalo. Also, you can see me with Josh on Buffalo Kickoff Live. I even brought my hat. I'm gonna put that on for you here while we do this <laughs> a little bit here. I brought my hat, Buffalo Kickoff Live, right there. Um, Josh, first of all, thanks for doing this, man. This is really cool that you were able to uh, get a chance away from the baby. I know you got a newborn there. So, how's everything going with uh, with the hey. with Kenneth? Yeah, everything's great. He's uh, he's quite the sleeper. So he's been he's been down since about six thirty, and he'll get up about six thirty in the morning. We're we're pretty blessed that he. He crashes for about twelve hours straight every night, so we're we're pretty lucky. I heard Evan say that he's a big fan, big fan of yours. He's not a bigger fan than I am. I'm a bigger oh, fan. See, I you appreciate know. that. Hey, you I know appreciate that. we finally get to talk without a plastic divider in between us. Yet we're still not face to face. I know, right? I know. It's like we got to have these computers and these webcams and and things like that. All right, so let's talk about this uh, this game on Sunday because, look, I mean. I know you haven't been in Buffalo for all that long, right? You've been here with four years now, right? I think it's been no, four this years. will be my, this is my sixth bill season. Oh my so God. I was, it was yeah, I know, right? It goes by quick. I, I was here for both of Rex's years and then all four of Sean. So just over five total count like in the calendar, but six football seasons. Okay, well, you've been here long enough to know what the Patriots domination to the Bills have has meant to not only the organization on the field, but the psyche of the fan base. And look, I mean, you grew up in Cleveland, a Browns fan, or, you know, in Ohio, a Browns fan, and you know what it's kind of like to be that team that's always seems to not be able to get over the hump for whatever reason. And here in this case, there's specifically one team that's not allowed the Bills to get over that hump, it seems like. Even though, even if the Patriots weren't in the division, the Bills wouldn't have been that good in a lot of the years, but that's what this team represents. So just from an outsider who hasn't been here that as long, but has now seen it, what do you think the impact of this game is here on the organization and fan base? Oh, this is everything. And, and, and you know, the, the players and coaches have said all the right things. You know, it's the ne- it's a big game because it's the next game on the schedule. We hear it. You know, it's it, in ways, Sean, when he speaks, you can hear some of the Bill Belichick 
answers come out. You know, it's, it's, he says all the right things. He never wants to give anybody even a chance to have something at bulletin board material. Like it's never going to happen with him, but I mean, this is this, if not now, when, right. I mean, this is, this is it. I mean, I thought your extra point show the other day, what your when your lead into that show, I thought was hit it right on the head. I mean, this is what two decades, here's the chance to cleanse the soul. Yeah. Like this is what all Buffalo Bills fans have been waiting for what seems like forever. We've seen quarterback after quarterback come and go. And this next guy is going to be the one that beats the Patriots. And the next coach is going to be the one that beats the Patriots. And it just, it never happened. And now you're sitting in a spot where the bills are a favorite, you know, they, they have the better record. The Patriots are chasing the bills and I'm not talking one game behind the bills. I'm talking bills have a chance to really, you know, drive a nail in that coffin, you know, of the Lord, I was bury them. And, and look, as I, as I did the show and I said, bury them and, Patriots fans got upset and thought that means erase what they've done. It does not erase it. We know that. Like, that's always a part of history. We know that the Patriots will have this dynasty. But I think what's going to happen, Josh, is if the Bills can finally do this, it's it's finally actually feels like you can put them in the rearview mirror. Like, okay, it's there. We see it, but we're we're going past it. We're moving forward now. And that's what we've been waiting for here. Yeah. The Bills can't change yesterday or the last 20 years. What they can change is Sunday and going forward. You know, the history, the history has been written. That's not going anywhere. There's no eraser that's taking that. I mean, look, we all know the deflate gate stuff. We all know the, the spy gate stuff. And we know all that. And sure, does it put a little blemish on what they were able to do? Yeah, a little bit. But at the end of the day, we all still know that what they did was hoist Lombardi trophy after that's Lombardi right. trophy. Every time. We thought we'd seen the last of Tom Brady. He would just resurrect himself and just all of a sudden they'd be back in the Super Bowl. This is this is it, man. This is their chance to to, like you said, put a shovel full of dirt on top of the Patriots. That's right. That's right. And um, you know, you gotta do it though. You gotta do it. And you're to your point about where they'd be in the standings, to be three and a half games up. And after week eight is just a monster to overcome. Plus they'd be four and zero in the division, you know, and then Miami with Tua going in, I, I don't think people expect them to, to keep pace, even if he is pretty good, you know, so the bills can really kind of distance themselves here and kind of be in the driver's seat. That's what, that's what this game represents. And it's always, it's always different when you're the, when you're the bully, it's not a rival to you, right? Look at, think of college teams who, ah, that's such a rival. And one's like, no, we beat you all the time. That's not a rival. Right? So I don't expect Patriots fans understand what this game means, but I do expect them to ultimately understand that, you know, maybe not right now, but that part of their life is over. And as I just said to Evan, they've been living in football utopia for 20 years and they don't know yet what it's like not to have that. Here's a good, when I heard a media member from Boston, tell me this, this week, I went, Bills fans are going to love to hear this. And I haven't told you this yet, but you're going to love this. Okay. Comment was if they lose to the Bills this week, Bill Belichick, if he can get this team to eight and eight, it will be one of his best coaching jobs ever. 
Now, it took me a while and I thought, okay, yeah, that would be pretty good because this team's not that talented. So if they can get to eight and eight and fight, have a chance at that last playoff spot. And then I stepped back and thought, we're talking about the Patriots being good with finishing eight and eight. Like being like, okay, hey, like the media that covers the team going, hey, you know what? Bill did a great job and they're eight and eight. Like, what world are we living in? 2020, you finally have delivered something for Buffalo. 2020, you finally did it. Oh my God, I know it's amazing. And of course, you know, we're monitoring the injury situations. They're not going to have Edelman. They're probably not going to have Enkeel Harry the way it's looking right now. The Bills look like they're going to have John Brown, but they might not have a couple of defensive linemen. Vernon Butler, Quinton Jefferson, they haven't practiced this week. We'll see where that goes. But, you know, as much as it, I, if I, w- I would tell you this, Josh, if this game was in a dome, I'm picking the Bills all day. Right. I mean, I just, but the weather is going to be the equalizer. Do you think the bills can still be able to overcome the Patriots given the Patriots, you know, are going to big boy football them? Yeah. I mean, our weather department says there's going to be gusts up to 40 miles an hour and constant 15 to 20, the entire game. I know like as, as listening to the bills fans talk and bills mafia talk, it's that constant, when does the other shoe drop? Right. When does when does Corey Bohorquez drop back and punt a ball that goes negative 10 <laughs> yards because of the win? And the Patriots recovered on the two, score a touchdown, Bills lose by three because of the win, right? right. I think you're because I mean, it's constant. How's this not gonna work out for the Bills, right? Yep. Why is the win gotta be a factor? You know, finally the Bills have built an offense where passing is the way to go. And what's it gonna happen? 50 mile an hour wins. <laughs> like, it's like, why, 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 why couldn't this have been the issue with Tom Brady when he was slinging around for 400 yards a game? But you know, what's crazy is next week, next Sunday, they play the Seahawks. I've already looked. It's supposed to be like 55 and sunny as of right now. Of course. And of, of course, course. And, and that's when Russell Wilson comes to town, right? Uh, of, of course. <laughs> of, of course. Here's the thing though. No matter what the weather is, look, they, they are better and their roster. It's not close. Right. Their roster right. is so much better than the Patriots. The, the It's not the weather that worries me. It's Bill Belichick. Let's face it. I mean, yeah. he's just he is just such a mastermind. And look, Sean McDermott, I, I, I don't feel like he gets outcoached, like especially not on a regular basis. There are times when coaches who have been around get the best of them. Bill Belichick gets the best of everyone. Yeah. I mean, that's the reason he's got a fistful of rings. He's, to me, the guy that you go, oh, man, they got to find a way just to not be prepared for everything. Because you and I both know Belichick is going to come up with something that they didn't prepare for. Maybe not didn't prepare for, Correct. but didn't, didn't expect. Because Sean will have them prepared for everything. That's right. But you're right about that. You're right. He does that every week. What, you remember Monday night a couple of years ago? He put um, he starts off with Cordero Patterson as the running back. Like, wait a minute, he hasn't played running back all year. What is this? Of course. I mean, would it surprise you if all of a sudden, because they lack so much talent at wide receiver, would it surprise you if all of a sudden they line two running backs up at wide receiver? No. Nope. Nope. Not what? at all, right? No. Nope. If That's suddenly right. they go, they just put two running backs in the slot with and Keel Harry out wide. 
And then as much as you may say, well, that's not going to scare you. It makes you think and it makes you do everything different. And like, how do you treat this? What do you do? It gets in your head and then it becomes about Belichick. I will say, I think Sean McDermott did an excellent job in both games against them last year. I think the Bills outplayed and pretty much outcoached New England in seven out of eight quarters last year. And they yet they lost both games. Yeah. And I mean, that's just a matter of, to me, at some point that is getting over that final mental hurdle. Yep. That, that that you not only deserve to be on the field with them, but that you're better than them. Like to me, I mean, you're, you're splitting hairs when you got two teams that are this talented and well coached, then it just becomes, you, you got to believe that you're going to beat them, that you're going to be the team that makes the play at the end. And until you do it, there's always going to be that little sliver in the back of your head, wondering that, Oh, you wonder if you can do it. Not to go too yeah, keep going back to this, but, Talked to, you know, the beat guy in New England, in Boston. And I said, do the Patriots feel like they can come to Orchard Park and win this game just because that's what they've done for two straight decades? And he said, there's a little bit of that. He said, they're always going to be confident, though, because they have Bill Belichick. That's right. And they'll always Running. they can beat anybody. Josh Reed, Channel 4, IVB Sports Director. Josh, I want to ask you about the Browns because um, you have followed the Browns your whole life. And uh, they're in a position right now where they're going to contend for uh, the playoffs. I don't know about the division in the North. We'll see where that goes. You have a really good division there with the Ravens and Steelers especially. Um, but a specific question on Wyatt Teller because I've seen a lot of really nice things about Wyatt Teller. And I get people asking me, boy, did the Bills make a mistake trading Wyatt Teller? Look how good he is. You watch the Browns a lot. They do have John Feliciano coming back, and they do have some guard issues right now, Cody Ford being out. So I'll ask you, did the Bills make a mistake tra trading Wyatt Teller? I mean, it sure looks like it. I mean, especially because, though, look, if Quentin Spain comes back this year and was the Quentin Spain we saw, you know, last season, and John Feliciano doesn't get hurt, and, you know, if all those pieces come back and they're good and they're healthy again, I don't think the second guess it. But because there's been the injuries and, and the flux along the Bills' offensive line, I think it's only natural to go, man, they hit another home run on a mid to late round pick. Right. And then they cut bait with them maybe a little too early. Wyatt Teller, the one thing – he first of all, there are a couple things about him when he was here in Buffalo. He was a teammate favorite. The, yeah. His teammates loved him. And I mean – they really were tight with them. One of his really, one of the guys he was really, really tight with was E. Wood. And yeah. one of the he other things John, about him, by the way, he was very tight with yeah. John. Yes. And yeah, absolutely. And the other thing about him was he was nasty. Mm -hmm. He was nasty. And one of the things he's done with the, for the Browns offensive line is he has improved their run blocking. And what if we? What if we see? Well, I mean, right now, that's the one thing they could use. Now, with Feliciano coming back, they get that nastiness element back, and you hope to think that that maybe improves some of their run blocking. But Wyatt Teller, in fact, I was reading up on some of the Browns beat stuff and reading some of their articles online. They actually, there was an article, and it was well laid out and well thought out by one of the main beat people. And it said, who has missed more right now in the Browns running game, Nick Chubb or Wyatt Teller? That's and then laid it out that you could argue either. Nick Chubb came in second in the NFL in rushing yards last year. And to think that he wouldn't just be a runaway, no-brainer, and that Wyatt Teller's, they miss him that much, that's 
That says a lot about what he's done. Is there any truth to the theory that Baker will be better without Odell? I don't think, right? That can't. I get it. Like, I get how you could go. I get how you could look at it. But I, I think that we're, I think that we're, we believe in the same philosophy on this. To me, you're never better without one of your best players, right? right? I mean, he is, he's a game changer. Look, his stats were never going to be, you know, DeAndre Hopkins stats. They were never going to be that in Cleveland because that's not what they do. But look, I'm going to tell you right now, you know who keeps extra guys out of the box? Odell Beckham Jr. keeps extra guys out of the right. box. Good point. Yep. Absolutely. Right? I mean, now all of a sudden, you know what you're going to see with no uh, Odell on the outside? You're going to see the sta- safety sneaking up in the box. Now, Kareem Hunt's job gets tougher. Nick Chubb, when he finally returns from injury, his job gets tougher. Baker Mayfield's job gets tougher. It's it, it, There's a domino effect with that. No doubt about it. All right, last couple of things before I let you go. First of all, trade deadline is Tuesday. Um, I'll ask you about both teams, actually. The team uh, you were just talking about, the Browns, because they're in a position where maybe they can make the playoffs for the first time. They have the longest drought going on right now. They took over the Bills, you know, after the Bills. Yeah, you had, you had to remind me. Didn't you? Yeah. yeah. You know, um, do they make a move, and do you think the Bills make a move? Um, the I think both do. Yeah. Or let's put it this way. I think they both are aggressive in trying to. Whether or not that comes to fruition, you just never know. I think they'll both try. And, and you know, I'm not, obviously not around the Browns like I am the Bills. From an outsider of the Browns, they are terrible against the pass. I mean, yep. I'm talking there are only two teams worse than them against the pass. So I would think that they would look for secondary help, safety, cornerback, something along those lines. As far as the Bills go, we hear it all the time. Brandon Bean, he has said it since he got here. He is never going to stop trying to improve the roster. Right. How often do we see the even the tinkering on the last two guys in the roster, on the 53-man? Like, since he's landed, it's like, oh, you know what? I'll, I'll flip-flop this receiver for, for that tight end. Max, what's up, brother? Josh said, what's up? He can't hear you. He's using my headphones right there. Every, hi, everybody. This is Max. Everybody see Max? Say hi, Max. Say hello. Max I think he, he needs to get Max in there to help him. Bills or Patriots on Sunday? Bills or Patriots? You got to say it. Yeah. Bills. All right. There oh, you go. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And you, you know what, Max? You can tell. Max asks me every week to ask everyone to subscribe to his YouTube channel. You can tell everybody right now. What's it called? Max's Playdate. Max's Playdate on YouTube. There you go. There you go. Max's He's a Playdate. star in the making. He is. No doubt about it. Um. All right. So before – I'm sorry. I wanted to finish your thought there. You think the Bills also can, can make a deal here? They might go out and try and make a deal? Yeah. I mean, I think that, you know – Brandon has said it time and time again. He's always going to look to yeah. improve the roster, whether they're two and five or five and two. And I think yeah. that I do. I think Brandon's going to try to, I mean, position wise, I mean, the interior of the defensive line could use some help. I and mean, it just, it looks like they could use something there. Who knows? I mean, at this point, I don't, it wouldn't surprise me if he added any piece that improves that position group. Yeah, I agree with you there. All right, so uh, I always leave the show by uh, talking about the Thursday night game. So since you're with me, we'll just do that. We got Falcons and Panthers tonight. Panthers are actually sneaky okay this year. I thought they'd be really bad, right? They're sneaky okay, and Christian McCaffrey's played two games. Right, that's right. 
I know that because I drafted him first overall on my fantasy team and have, and have been sitting there waiting patiently, if you will, for him to finally make his return. Not going to play tonight, though, apparently. I don't think he is not. No, he's not going to play tonight. It looks like they're going to try to give him, you know, because now it's only it's another 10 days until their next game. That's so right. they're going to give him that extra 10 days. And I mean, look, that's a team that's kept their head above water without their best playmaker and maybe the best playmaker in the NFL with Christian McCaffrey. They found a way to keep their head above water, and now he's going to come back, and they got a chance to make a run. Speaking of finding a way, the only question might be tonight, how will the Falcons find a way to lose at the end? That oh, might be the only question tonight. That, that, team that team has surpassed the Chargers in most innovative ways to lose every single week. Th- that team, and it just <laughs> – every week. And, and they have got guys – like, when you look at their yeah, kind of three-headed right. monster with – with with Matt Ryan, Calvin Ridley, and Julio Jones, you look at those three guys. There's like that's a really good three. Like those, you get those two wideouts and that quarterback, you should be able to win a ton of games. No doubt. And and no doubt. like you said, every week they find a different way to screw it up. Well, I don't know. I mean, are these Panthers ready for prime time tonight? The the, the spread is one and a half. Um, I, you know what? I think the Falcons are going to keep this one close. I might even pick the Falcons to win. I think uh, they've been right there. I, I think Raheem Morris, uh, an interim coach, he brings a lot of energy to them. I'm going to go with the upset tonight. I'm going to take the uh, Falcons to win on the road tonight. I, I would too. I would too. As much as we sat here and said that the yeah. Panthers have found a way to to tread water, like I think you, you know how it is. Teams, when, when a head coach gets fired, <laughs> you've seen a lot of that with mm-hmm. the Bills and yep. me being here in Buffalo a couple of years now and being a Browns fan growing up, we've seen head coaches change. There's always that instant burst of energy for the interim guy, the new guy. Yeah, absolutely. And now that doesn't carry over long, but it's usually a couple of weeks worth of kind of juice and everything because now you got guys who are playing for their jobs because they don't know if this interim head coach, in this case, Raheem Morris, Mm -hmm. is going to be the long-term guy. Now you might be playing for a job next year for this guy. Oh, yeah, Waz or Waz Saf says trusting you guys. I just changed my pick. Be careful of that. Just so you know, we're not giving any gambling advice here. If you lose, it's on you. I just want you to know that. All right, Josh, I gotta get out of here. I'm gonna tip one of this hat on. I want you to tell everybody about this show right here and where everybody can find it and what's going on with it. Yeah, so we do Buffalo Kickoff Live. Sal's a part of it, um, and he, he has been since day one since we started the show. This is year five. This is the no, it's crazy. It's, every year Sean's been here. Uh-oh. So it's been I just lost seasons. Josh. Hold on. Hopefully we can get him back. Josh, you just froze. There you go. Go ahead. Go oh, ahead. Are you good. there? Okay. Yep, gotcha. So uh, this is the fourth year of Buffalo Kickoff Live. We go 11 to 11.30 on the CWWNLO. Um, and then 11.30 to noon, we switch over to Channel 4 WIVB, the CBS affiliate in Buffalo. Now that – and I know that you have people who are across the country because you obviously you were down in Florida for a while. Um, yep. In fact, I saw somebody pop up and say, hey – if somebody was out west and say it's so great, I forget. Did somebody say something from Utah? Utah, Utah. I, got a, I got a Hawaii in here a little while ago. Yeah. So, so just so those people know, they can watch that first thirty minutes of the show on wivb.com. There you that go. Eleven to eleven thirty streams live, right on wivb.com. So if you want to check it out, we're talking for thirty straight minutes, previewing Bills Patriots. We do it every single Sunday, rain or shine, and Sunday, it is not going to be shy. <laughs> no, no, I'll be bundled up for sure. Um, yeah, and by the way, just so everybody knows, 
you can't stream the second part because of NFL rules. That's all. It's yes, not, that's not right. Not there's NFL the video. <laughs> there's rights and stuff like that. So that's why we have to cut it off at 1130 just because that first half hour, we do pictures. Second half hour, we do a lot, some video and stuff. We just can't do it then. There you go. St. Catherine's uh, Giancarlo. There we go. That's awesome. All right. Thank you very much, guys. Really appreciate it. Josh, thank you. I'm going to head on out now and uh, enjoy your night with uh, Kennison and your lovely wife. And we're going to catch you. And I'll see you on, if I don't see you at practice tomorrow, which I probably will, I'll see you on Sunday before the game on Channel 4 and the CW. Absolutely. Awesome, Sal. I appreciate it, man. Thanks right, for having thank me. Thank you very much. That is Josh Reed, WIVB Channel 4 Sports Director in Buffalo. I'm just going to wrap up the show now because we've gone longer than what we normally go. So, yeah, you can watch that Buffalo kickoff live right there. You can catch me on WGR tomorrow morning. I'll be on with Howard and Jeremy at 7 a.m. We'll be talking Bills. We'll be talking Patriots. We'll have the Bills game for you, of course, on WGR and along the Bills Radio Network. I'll be down there in the moat, bundled up, getting ready. You enjoy the game. Let's have a good one. It's a monster for the Bills against the New England Patriots on Sunday at 1 o'clock in Orchard Park. Thanks for coming aboard South Sports Live and the South Sports and Stuff podcast this week. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.